So good. The Lord is in this place. He's continuing to move. And if you're still getting prayed for, keep getting prayed for. Keep doing what God's doing in your life. And um, I have the privilege of just continuing what God is already doing. I'm not doing something separate or something different. It's in line with what God is doing here this morning. And um, so thankful, so thankful for God. I'm so thankful for his faithfulness. As, as, I don't know, it came out in a few different things that were said this morning that he, he never leaves us nor forsakes us. That despite our unfaithfulness, he'll never not be faithful. He can't deny himself. It's just in his character, it's in his nature to be faithful. Philippians chapter one, I think it's verse six says, he who started a good work in you, he's faithful to bring it to a mature completion. He's faithful, yeah. That's the Passion Translation. It says it this way. I pray with great faith for you because I'm fully convinced that the one who began this glorious work in you will faithfully continue the process of maturing you and you will put his, he will, and, and will put his finishing touches to it until the unveiling of our Lord Jesus Christ. Until Jesus returns, he's working in your life. He's working in this world. He's perfecting things. If you can't tell, you're not a finished work yet. If you can't tell, this platform's not a finished work yet. If you can't tell, the body of Christ is not a finished work yet. But he's faithful. He's faithful. In fact, can I even say this? I don't have a, a verse for it, but... If you want to read a, a crazy story, read the book of Hosea. The prophet, the man of God is told to go find a prostitute on the streets, an unfaithful woman, and bring her into his home and marry her. And in the process of marrying her, she continues to leave him and be unfaithful. But Hosea is told that every time that she goes out, go find her, clean her up, sober her up, love on her, Invest in her, pour on her, and bring her back into your faithful, loving arms. And in the story of Hosea, over and over again, this prostitute leaves this man of God. And God is saying, this is like my people, my nation of Israel. This is like the people who, who say they love me. They are unfaithful. But God is saying, I will never stop being faithful to you. There's nothing you can do to separate you from my love for you. Like the prodigal son that father waiting at home. There's nothing you can do. You can squander everything, completely turn your back on God, and he will stay true to his covenant promise to you. It's who he is. He's a faithful, faithful, faithful God. Hmm. And that's, that's where we're headed this morning. I just, this subject of faithfulness is where we're headed this morning. And um, where I got this, actually, I'll just kind of, can I tell you a quick story? Is that okay to tell you a quick story? Um, this past week, I got to go have lunch at a pastor's lunch, and Pastor Jake joined me. And uh, we were at a table, and this kind of things were winding down, and people were leaving, and we said, let's go sit at another table. Let's go join another table that, that we haven't talked to these people. And as we did, um, there was another pastor there, and, and uh, she heard me say earlier that my family is invested at the school, at Village, where my kids go. My wife's a teacher. My wife, was a, my, wife my mom was a teacher there for over 25 years. Um, been, we're just a part of that school. We've been there for my life. I've been there for 30-plus years right, been invested in that school. And um, this other pastor heard that and then heard that I've been part of this church for over 30 years, 
man, you preach, you're the pastor at a church you've been attending for over 30 years and you're still involved in this school for over 30 years. And she just said this, she said, you're faithful. And when she said, it, I was like, oh, thank you. And I just kind of took it at service level. But I realized in the moment, something was going deeper when she said that. And I've been chewing on that. There's something about being faithful that's important to God. God is faithful. But if you remember the story, oh man, I can find it real quick. Just, Jesus tells the story, the parable, Matthew 25. You guys know this. It's what we say almost in every memorial service. We want to hear these words. Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a little, so you'll be given much. There's something about being faithful that God rewards faithfulness. He's faithful, and he's calling us to be faithful. I'm going to go a little bit longer with that story. As I was thinking about how I've been at Osborne for 30 plus years, and I've been part of Village Family, that school for over 30 plus years, I was reminded that same time frame, about 1988, 1989, is when I became a 49ers fan as well. So I've been, I've been a faithful f fan for over 30 years, the 49ers. They lost the last two weekends, but I'm still a fan, no matter what, right? Through adversity, that's what faithfulness is, right? That through good times, bad times, you remain faithful. And uh, really quick, you guys probably don't care at all, but I'm going to share some information with you. <laughs> if you're a Green Bay fan... You're called, there's like a nickname for Green Bay fans. They're called what? Does anybody know? Cheeseheads. All right, good. If you're a Seattle, Seattle Seahawks fan, when you're in the stadium, the fans are called something. They're called the 12th man. I heard it out there, the 12th man. There's 11 men on the field, and the, the stadium, all the fans think, well, we're the 12th man because we're so loud. We, we affect the game, right? Our fans, we affect the game, the 12th man. Um, is Pastor Greg in the house? What's Cleveland Browns? What are the fans there called? Anybody know? The Dog Pounds. The dog pound. I don't know. They're dogs. Like, D-A-W-G. Like, they're dogs. <laughs> but who here knows what the fans are called for the San Francisco 49ers? Faithful. The faithful. The faithful. In case you didn't know. The faithful. Right here. The faithful. The faithful. I'll wear it. Yeah, yeah. The faithful. I'm a faithful fan. Because I became a fan in like 1989 when they won the Super Bowl. I jumped on the bandwagon as an eight, eight, nine-year-old. I jumped on the bandwagon. But I've been on the bandwagon ever since. They haven't won a Super Bowl since the early 1990s. So it's been about 30 years since they've won a Super Bowl. But I'm a faithful fan. That's just who I am. I'm, I'm faithful to this church. I'm faithful. In fact, I'll, I'll take this off. I don't have to worry the whole time. Um, but uh, I was thinking about this. My mom, I remember, she loves all the, like, psychology. And she, I remember as a kid growing up, she would take all these different tests and figure out different ways that have people have different personalities. And um, there's, oh, is it Gary Smalley? I think it is. Wrote the five love languages. He also wrote this idea about um, personality. He associated to animals. Like, some people have a personality like a lion. They're bold, right? They're kind of domineering. They, they take charge. They're leaders. Um, then there's, like, uh, beavers, that are hard workers, man. They're diligent. They're task-oriented. They got to get things done, right? They're very efficient. Um, they're they're critical in good sense and sometimes in a bad sense, right? And then opposite of beavers, you have otters that just lay on their back and play all day long. They just like having fun and. <laughs> Work? What's work? Like, let's do, let's, let's do what's fun. And they're entertainers. They, um, they're, they're people that are fun to be around. They're the life of the party, right? And then the last one, I'm leaving it for last, golden retrievers. 
they're just faithful friends, right? They're always there for you. And I, I'm not a perfect any one of these, but I am more of a golden retriever. That's just my personality. I'm more, I'm just faithful. I've got friends that have, I'm, I, I can lead, tell stories all day long, but I've had friends do me wrong. Trust me, like do me wrong and it doesn't matter. I will love you to the end. That's just who I am. I'm a golden retriever. I'm faithful. I'm loyal. That is who I am. But in the same sense, I'm not 100% pure this because it says if you read this about golden retrievers, they hate change. They want everything to stay the same. And if you were to take the, the questionnaire test, nope, I'm an outlier on that one. I love change. And I'm going to say this. In fact, I have a slide for it. The 49ers, when you go into their stadium, it's called Home of the Faithful. There's a slide for it. Home of the Faithful. I'm saying that's what we are here at Osborne. You are just above the, the Bible verses, right above the Bible verses. There's a slide. Home of the faithful. That's what we are here at Osborne. You guys are home of the faithful. Because your pastor's faithful, but because you're faithful. Can I say this? There it is, home of the faithful. You can leave that up there for a while. That's just good stuff right there. <laughs> you are in a home where people are faithful. That's just a true statement. Can I tell you that since the last 10 years I've been the pastor, there's been a lot of change. Within the first year, we, changed, we used to have early morning service and a late service. We changed our service times. Since I've been the pastor, we've changed the order of service. People just come up in the middle of service. We do ministry time right after announcements. When does that happen? We change the order of service all over the time. We do that. We change order of service. We change personnel and staff have changed. We've changed, during COVID, we changed locations where we had our services, right? Can I say during COVID, that's something I bragged about you guys all the time. Man, I've got a faithful congregation. I can say, we're not meeting at all, we're just doing online, and they're faithful. I can say, we're meeting in a tent, they're faithful. I say, we're meeting in the courtyard, they're faithful. We're coming back in early and breaking rules, and they were faithful. I think I offended everybody in the entire congregation during COVID. And yet, I bragged about all of you, because you were faithful. You're faithful to where God has called you, regardless of differences of opinions, regardless of difference of adversity. You guys are part of a family that is faithful. It's important to know that. I mean, the platform is radically changing. And I know not everyone in the room is excited about it, right? I know that. Some of you have let me know, and a lot of you have not let me know. But you're faithful to still be here. You're faithful to still be a part of what God is doing. And I love that about you. And I say that both ways. I say it because it's genuine. I, I, I told another pastor the other day, I said, I say that a lot because it's kind of like prophesying. I'm just declaring, this is who you are. Whether you think it or not, it's who you are. But I say it both ways. I say it because I recognize you are faithful. And I say it regardless if you are complaining or not. I'm just prophesying over you. Now, but you're faithful. You're good to me no matter what. Even though you don't like my decisions I make, you're still good to me. It's both ways. You're faithful. You guys are. And there's something about it that scripture, it says this, uh, the verse that I really wanted to hit um, is Revelation 2.10. says this, be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. 100% this is talking about when we go to live with Jesus. We leave this planet, there's a new heaven, new earth, we live for all of eternity with him. Yes, he's saying if we are faithful to the end until we die, man, we get the crown of eternal life. That's what this is saying. But like most prophetic words, if you guys remember last week we talked about Ezekiel, most prophetic words can be fulfilled more than one time. They have multiple meanings, multiple fulfillments. Ezekiel was way before Jesus, and Jesus' first coming, he fulfilled a whole bunch of what Ezekiel is saying. But Jesus' second coming is also going to fill a whole bunch of what Ezekiel was saying. 
So I'm telling you this Revelation 2.10, it's saying yes when we go to live with Jesus forever and ever, for all of eternity. That's what this is talking about. But it's also saying here now, where you are found faithful right now, there is a crown of life for you. Where you feel depleted and drained, God is telling you this morning, remain faithful. Because there's life on the other side. There's blessing and obedience. There's a crown of life in your faithfulness. And I love what Nick said because it doesn't mean that you just stay and you just keep dragging your feet and you're just like, I'm just gonna keep doing the same thing no matter what. And you're just being persevering through all this horrible difficulty and pain is just a part of being a, a Christian. I don't mean that. There is the idea of perseverance where it's hard work. Huh, really quick, I know I've shared this analogy lots of times. Anyone married in here besides me? Married? All right. Hopefully, you have an enjoyable marriage like I do, where I get a lot more than I think I put into it. I'm, I am blessed with a, a godly woman to be my wife. I'm blessed in so many ways, and I would not... I would not uh, classify my marriage as work. Oh, my marriage is work, right? I wouldn't say that. But in times, there's moments, it's hard work to die to myself and prefer her over myself. In the same thing, my relationship with God, there are times where I have to die to my flesh, die to what I want. Not Jesus said it, not my will, your will be done. There's things that we want to be say, yeah, but I'll, I'll let that go because I love you. But if that... If that's the entire definition of Jesus' relationship with his father, there'd be something wrong. That's a very small part of the relationship. Most of it is this enjoyable, loving relationship. I only say what I hear my father say. I only do what I see my father do. It's this incredible, life-giving relationship. But there are times where your faithfulness will be tested, right? I made a covenant before God and man that in good times and in bad times, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, till death do us part, I will remain faithful to this woman. So there's times where I've had, I'm just being honest with you, there's times where I've had to remind myself of that. Not because she's being unfaithful, not because she's difficult, it's because I've got stuff inside of here that I need to work out, right? Things of my own selfishness, my own pride, whatever it is that I've got to die to. And I'm just saying it's the same thing with God. Sometimes we think it's so hard to sacrifice for God. Oh, I don't want to give this up. Oh, I don't want to do it. But I'm telling you, the reward is so worth it. To be faithful to God is so good. Hmm. Can I say this? I was thinking about this. and I, was, I got lots of things in my notes, but I'm just looking through what I'm supposed to hit. I believe we are in a season, this is more like kind of a prophetic word, in the body of Christ, but I'm saying even specifically to Osborne River Church. I believe we're in a season where promotion is about to happen very fast. In God's kingdom, there's about, if there's going to be a worldwide revival, you need people to be able to disciple people. You need people that are going to be in authority and leadership to help people to guide them to Christ and just tell them how to be faithful. So... If there's going to be a worldwide revival, there's got to be some promotion of people within the kingdom of God, within the body of Christ. And it's about to happen really quick. But I'm telling you, just even from being a pastor for just a small, small, is that a word? I don't know. Short time, small. Short and small, you get small. All right, sounds Hebrew, small. Um, in my small, small time of being a pastor, I recognize faithfulness. 
I can see it in this room, right? People that have been to this church longer than me. But sometimes it has, doesn't have to do with this longevity of decades and decades and decades. Sometimes it's just faithfulness in something small. That I've seen some of you take on a small task and you are faithful in the little things. And so like the parable in Matthew 25, you are faithful in something little, I'm ready to give you a whole bunch. There's about to be a quick promotion in God's kingdom. And I'm telling you, be found faithful in the small things. This can be for an eight-year-old in the room or an 88-year-old. I don't care how old you are. Find something small to be faithful in. How are you stewarding your faithfulness right now? Sometimes we think faithfulness is like this big epic thing. Like I, for, de- for 30 years, I've been a, a 49ers fan. Figure out something small today you can do. How can I be faithful in something really small right now? And I'm telling you, the promotion's coming quick. And this isn't like to make you, I don't know, to puff you up and make you like this big person. I don't mean that. I'm just saying, I want all that God wants for my life. I want to be used. I want to hear those words, well done, not just good servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful in a few things. So I'm gonna give you many things. I wanna be found faithful. Oh man, you're stuck. All right, really quick. You're stuck with a pastor that always thinks of movie quotes and song lyrics. I wish all song lyrics were always hymns and Christian songs, but there's a, a, a man, probably same time frame, early 90s song. I won't sing it for you, I promise. But there's this, it's a, it's a love song. And it says, I will be faithful to my lover's hand. Oh man, now I have to sing it. In other words, you get the words. All right, you get some of the singing. I will be faithful to my lover's hands. I will be faithful, and I don't care if the world around me gives up on love. I will make you see. You can count on me. I will be faithful. Uh, Woo! I should be a, don't cut my day job, right? But these lyrics, they come to my mind because that's the cry of my heart and my love song to God. God, I will be faithful to you. You can count on me. If you give me something, I'll steward it. God, I will not give up. God, I'll not throw it to the wayside. God, I won't trample it as cheap. If you give me something, I'll be faithful to cherish it. I'll be faithful to see it through. I'm not going to give up. And I'm declaring that over this. That is the DNA. I'm saying that this is the DNA that God made me a, a golden retriever. That's my personality. But I'm telling you, if he put me as the lead pastor of this church, then I'm telling you, that is who this church is. We are home of the faithful. I don't mean to go down a negative path, but I, I can't tell you how many times I can't count on my fingers. That way too many times I've had people come to me over the last 10 years being the pastor. That the enemy tries to take people out. And this, this is what they say. I don't know if I belong here. The lies of the enemy telling people that I don't fit. I don't belong. Well, people are doing this and I don't agree with them. So probably I don't fit here. Well, I didn't get chosen for this. So I don't think I belong here. Oh, I don't feel appreciated over here, so I don't think I belong here. Whatever it is, the enemy loves to get rid of family. The the enemy loves to, a house divided can't stand. He loves to bring disruption and disunity and cause adversity and cause people to, to go to their own corners. And I'm saying, no, I'm not only faithful to God, I'm faithful to you. I'm faithful to the bride of Christ. I'm not perfect. I've made a lot of mistakes and I'm sure a lot of this room can point out a lot of my mistakes. 
But I'm telling you, the DNA and the culture that, and the, the family that God has created at Osmond Church is a faithful people. We are faithful. Hmm. One of the things I think God wants to do is marry together the faithfulness. This church has been here for over 70 years. We've got great legacy and all this great heritage. But there's things that are changing. Order of service, you saw this morning, things change. God wants to marry together faithfulness and the new thing. Can he pour new wine into new wineskins? I will faithfully be pliable in my potter's hands. I will faithfully be stretchable so that he can pour new wine and I won't burst. In fact, where this sermon kind of tied from, I told you I had that lunch with Jake and we were, we were driving back and I just came out of my mouth. I don't know if he remembers what I said, but it was nowhere in my thinking until I just said it. I was like, oh, that just came out. You've seen just, I don't know, snippets of signs and wonders. People falling down under the power and the presence of God. We've seen elements of it. But I'm telling you, people want that. People outside the church, they want healings. They want signs. They want wonders. They want real encounters with God. But they also long for faithfulness, genuineness, steadfastness. And when they come together, it's beautiful. I remember in college, I had to read a book, Fast Food Nation. Where are we at in this culture, in this generation, the younger generation? Everything's instant. Everything's digital, at your fingertips, in an instant. You can find out any information. Hey, Google, hey, Siri, what's this? Information right there at your fingertips. Everything's instant. But I'm telling you, the younger generation, there's a growing hunger, growing pains in this younger generation that they're longing for fathers and mothers that are stable and secure and solid that they know they can count on. This is the most fatherless generation that's ever existed on the planet. More households without a father. I don't want to go down that whole rabbit hole right now, but I'm just telling you, I'm bringing you the reality of where we're at in this generation. They're longing for people. Can I trust you? And I'm telling you, I'm just being bold. Even when my kids go to school at Village, I've got a senior. He's been there since kindergarten, a lifer, actually since JK. He's been there. I'm telling you, I'm just going to be bold. Benjamin, there are kids on that campus that are longing for an encounter with God in a powerful way like you see here at this church. People, signs and wonders, miracles, they want it at Village. And if it wasn't for your faithfulness to be a good friend, to be God-honoring and God-fearing for 12 years at that school, they would write it off. But because it comes from a faithful young man, they marry those two things again. They, they can't deny the power of God. And I'm saying that as a prophetic act for all of us. When the world sees a church that is faithful, faithful to preach the word of God, faithful to go where the Holy Spirit leads, that we're not one or the other. We're not just like, we're just by the book, by the book, verse by verse, every Sunday we have no room for the Holy Spirit. No, we are led by the Spirit. We will throw things, the pastor will throw his sermon out the door to be led by the Spirit. But it doesn't mean we're not faithful to the Word of God. It doesn't mean we're not faithful to study His Word, to show ourselves diligent, that we know how to rightly discern the Word of truth. There's a faithfulness to study God's Word, 
But there's a faithfulness to follow his Holy Spirit. And it's not one or the other. It's them beautifully being married together. But the world craves for, longs for. Can I tell you, there's an increasing openness to miracles, signs, and wonders in this generation than ever before. I want to make sure I'm giving it to them. I want to make sure I'm pursuing it. I want to make sure we're figuring it out here. Not that it's all, can I tell you as a pastor, it's not like I grew up with this church. Things that we're doing right now, I didn't see happen in this church growing up. So I'm figuring it out as we go. This was nowhere in my message until right now. Do you trust me to be a faithful, good steward of what God is doing in this church? You're going to have to trust my faithfulness to hear from God. Things might get crazy and outside your wheelhouse and outside what you think God should be allowing to happen in service. But do you trust God? Do you trust his faithfulness? And it sounds weird. Do you trust the pastor that, who's been here for 30 plus years? Yes, I like change. But yes, I'm a golden retriever. God picked the right pastor to be the pastor at such a season, such a moment as this. This sounds super arrogant in my own head, but it just needs to be said. I think faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I'm just telling you, as a pastor, I'm building up my own faith, saying it to myself in front of y'all, y'all. Just to give you another verse before I try to figure out <laughs> where we're headed. Hebrews 10, 23 says this. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who is promised, he who promised is faithful. God has promised to pour out his spirit on all flesh in the last days. Joel prophesied that thousands of years ago. Peter brought it into his day. And it was, a, it was a fulfillment in his day. I'm bringing it into my day. And there will be a fulfillment in my day. That he will pour out his spirit like we've never seen before. Hallelujah. Old men, young men, maid servants, men servants. Everyone gets in on it. He's faithful to that promise. I know for a fact, I trust God, it's going to happen. But there's also in that same verse, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. In other words, be faithful because God is faithful. I don't have time for all of it, but Galatians 5, you guys know the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Faithfulness is in there. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit. When I'm led by the Holy Spirit, I'm led to be faithful. It's kind of like I don't have a good statement for it. It's like my, my question you answer yes. Is faithfulness a fruit of just being filled with the Holy Spirit? Or is faithfulness choosing again and again this day, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yes. I'd say nine, 99 times out of 100, 
my faithfulness to my wife is just a fruit of me loving being married to her. But there are moments where I've got to work it out. I've got to work out my faithfulness. And I'm telling you, I'm going to be found faithful in my love with God, my obedience to God in both. I obey him because I love him. Jesus said that. If you love me, you'll obey me. There's times, like Jesus, not my will, your will be done. There's times where that's my obedience. But I praise God, less and less is that my motivation for obedience. More and more is, God, I love you. God, I'm so in love with you. Great is your faithfulness. I look all over my life and I just see your faithfulness. I see your goodness, man. Your, your goodness and mercy are all over my life. They just keep following me and they keep increasing. Oh God, it's my joy and delight to obey you. It's a fruit of intimacy with him. I'm not going to say there's three different categories or three different things, but here's three things that I'm hoping God is saying in some ways into a measure to, to all of us. Where's your trust in God's faithfulness? He said it. He who promised is faithful. Is there a struggle in your trusting God's promises? See, today he wants to reveal his faithfulness to you. He wants you to see that prophetic word, eyes to see his faithfulness, that it's been all over your life all along, even when, what's that parable, that picture, the footprints in the sand, right? Like, God, where were you in my difficult times? I only see one, one set of footprints, right? Well, that's when I was carrying you, right? God wants to give you eyesight to see things where you thought, man, in my worst time, where were you, God. God wants to give you fresh eyes today that you get undone with his faithfulness. Oh, God, I thought I was alone. God, my emotions were telling me you were nowhere here. God, my prayers felt empty. God, you were nowhere here. I kept crying out to you and you never responded. God wants to give you eyesight today to say, man, he's been more faithful to you than you ever realized. Do you trust this day in his faithfulness? And for some of us, God's speaking and challenging you, encouraging you. Would you be faithful in the small things I'm giving you? He's not called everyone to be a Billy Graham, to be the Apostle Paul, but he's called all of us to something. You are called. Are you being found faithful? Is there a confidence level that if Jesus were to return right now, those are the words he would say about you. Looking at your life, he's like, oh, well done, faithful servant. I gave you this and you stewarded it well. You multiplied it. If you remember the parable of the talents, the faithful servants, the one un there was three servants, right? The un one unfaithful one took what he had and just buried it and gave the same thing back to his master. What you gave me, I gave it right back to you. I didn't lose it. But the faithful servants were the ones that multiplied it. They did something with what they were given. Didn't matter the measure, how much or how little, they, they were faithful. They were termed faithful because they multiplied what they had. 
Is there room for you to grow in your faithfulness? And I think some of you, there needs to be an encouragement that where you've been faithful, the Lord is promising a great reward. Don't grow weary. Where you've been faithful, oh man. Some of the words during prayer time, breakthrough is coming. Breakthrough is coming. The enemy would love to speak in your life and say, yeah, you've been faithful for this long? Forget it. And God is encouraging you this morning, know where you've been faithful. There is a reward. You will reap a great reward where you've been faithful. And as we, Daniel's on the piano actually, as we close service, Hmm. Actually, Daniel, can you give us the key? There's nowhere you have no idea about what to say. Great is thy faithfulness to him. But I want us to, like if you could start with the piano, and then I feel like we're supposed to sing a cappella with no instrument, but we need the chord, whatever else. So can you stand with me as we sing great is thy faithfulness? I know we don't have words, we don't have everything. But Daniel, would you help us get started? Because I, I don't know where to start. It is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. God, we thank you for your faithfulness. You are a faithful God. From the beginning of time to Adam and Eve, you were the lamb who was slain at the foundations of the earth. Before they, the first sin ever committed, you were faithful to have an answer, to have a solution, to have a way to heal and restore before anything was even broken. God, every heart in this room and listening online, God, where we have been unfaithful, where we have fallen short, or as David said, where we sinned against you and you alone, where no one else even knows, but you know, God. We are reminded 
of your faithfulness. From the rising of the sun to the setting down of the same, your faithfulness will never change. It is who you are. You are good to me. You are good to me. And God, afresh and anew today, I'm overwhelmed and undone with your faithfulness. Not only am I undone with your great faithfulness towards me, God, I commit afresh and anew my faithfulness towards you. I pledge to serve you in faithfulness. Wherever you call me, whatever you ask of me, I choose this day to remain faithful to you and you alone. I will forsake all others to please you, to honor you. And at the same time, God, your faithfulness will be in me and I will be faithful to those around me. Jesus, I will be like you. Hanging on that cross, the same people mocking you, spitting in your face, saying, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. God, that same faithful kind of love, it flows through my veins. The same spirit who rose you from the dead lives and dwells in me. That I can overcome. That I can be super victorious in you, Jesus. I can overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the faithful testimony of you coming through a time and time again in my life. I remind the enemy. I remind my own emotions. I have a faithful God. He is for me always. He never leaves me. And because he is faithful, I choose to be faithful again today. Jesus, may you be glorified. May you be honored. May you be well pleased to find us faithful here today. As we sing that song in worship, holy, holy, holy. God, I heard your desire, longing to sing that over your bride, that you have made us holy, holy, holy. That we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But just as you call me holy, even though I don't deserve it, God, in your throne room in heaven, you call me faithful, even though I don't deserve it. So I receive it by faith, Jesus. I receive what you say. Today you call me a faithful servant. We sing songs, I am a child of God. God, today we declare, I am a faithful servant. It's who I am. Because the faithful Holy Spirit lives in me. And it's his fruit that he bears his faithfulness in me. I will be found faithful in my relationship with those around me. I'll be found faithful in every season of my life. In every adversity, in every difficult thing, I choose to be faithful to you, Jesus. 
So God, we love you. Thank you for giving us new eyes, not only to see you as faithful, but to see ourselves the way you see us. To call ourselves the way you call us. And to live up. We choose to live up because you are the glory and the lifter of our heads. Before I end service, just I just there's just an opportunity. Just to be prayed over. I know we did that already, but in fact, I'm not even gonna give definition or just if you want prayer, because you know what God is doing something, just come forward. sing, I don't know, another song. I'm, this is kind of the end of service, but I feel like there is still supposed to be some ministry. So those that are in leadership, would you just be praying and figuring out what that looks like for you to minister, maybe amongst the room, maybe people up forward? But we're about to to end the service and we're gonna go set things up for a good family time this afternoon and there's a lot that needs to happen but I just felt like we're supposed to create a space where the Holy Spirit still wants to do something. He still has the freedom to do that here. So God, I just ask as we close service, would you give wisdom for us to enjoy family and friendship and fellowship but also to give space for you to move, God, to minister to hearts and lives. So we thank you for your words of life. We thank you for being here today, Jesus. We are a grateful and thankful people. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you guys. You're free to go do what you gotta do. Stay for ministry, sing a song. Love you guys.